The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And, you know, thank you guys so much again for listening to our podcast, sharing it with your team and all the people that you work with. We have heard from so many of you. We were actually on a customer call not too recently where they talked about our AI failure series podcast. So uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, this is your, your first AI Today podcast episode. You should know that you are part of a great family. Lots of people like you, team leaders who are trying to make AI, automation, big data work for your organization. And what we've been doing here on the Cognolytica AI Today podcast is bringing a lot of the education and and training insights that we have from our workshops that we do with our customers uh, and bringing it here because a lot of you are looking for understanding, right? And um, there's a lot. It's a funny thing. It's like we've been talking about AI for five years and we are still hearing from people that they need foundational and fundamental level understanding of various topics. And like, well, there's certainly plenty of places to get it. But I think the reason why people come tune into our AI Today podcast is because we speak from the perspective of those team leaders who are trying to put AI automation and data into practice. And um, well, we're going to do more of that today on today's podcast, right? We're going to continue on and as part of a series that we've been talking about from automation to intelligence, right, Kathleen? Exactly. So, you know, we really want to go from that knowledge to know-how and help our listeners on that journey. And so that's what we will be continuing to do today. So as Ron had mentioned, we have a number of podcast series. I encourage you to go back and check some of them out. Our AI failure series was one of our most popular. We also had an AI education series we had, which focused on, on content that we've done. And then we also have had AI use cases, so how AI is being applied in various different industries. If you're interested in any of them, make sure to subscribe to the AI Today podcast so that you can go back and check them all out. In today's podcast, we're going to be continuing, as Ron mentioned, with our Automation to Intelligence series. And in particular, today, we want to address what to automate. Mm -hmm. So um, in previous uh, episodes, if you will, of our (laughs) podcast series on Automation to Intelligence, we talked about what automation is. Like, what is it all about? You know, we talked about why do we even bother with automation? And uh, we've, we've even defined this one particular corner of the world around business process, which is much more specific to software and IT systems, because that's where a lot of the effort right now is with AI. And even things that are not even AI, just automation, good old dumb automation has been providing a lot of benefit because we have computer systems that are really capable now of doing a lot of the things that we as humans used to do that's just been taking up a lot of our time. And in here in this particular podcast, you know, one, now that we kind of get those fundamentals out of the way, we know a little bit about what those are. And if you don't know what those things are, then, hey, you can go back. And the great thing about a podcast is you can listen to them. You can go. There's no there's no extra cost except for your time just to go back and find those podcasts and search for them in your favorite podcast feed. Or you can go to Cognolytica.com, uh, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. Come or even better, we have a short link for you. If you go to AI Today dot live 
it will take you right to our site where we have all of our podcast episodes and you can listen to them there. But um, here on this one, we want to talk about, well, we kind of know what these things are. So what do we automate? Can we just automate anything? Can we automate everything? Well, the answer is like, well, you listen to the technology vendors, they'll say, sure, automate everything. Why not? As long as you're paying us, that works. But that doesn't make sense for you as an organization because you want to automate the things that are going to provide value when you automate them, right? And um, at the core of this is this idea that we had talked about in a previous uh, podcast, which is that when we talk about something like process, we really are talking about a couple of different concepts, one of which is the process, which is the way that things are done, the, all those steps that are focused on a particular outcome that are done in a particular series of, of steps. And then we have the individual tasks and these activities that we do. So maybe we can dig into that a little bit more and then we can talk about what does it mean then to automate these things called processes and tasks. Exactly. So in a previous podcast, we had dug a little bit deeper into that. If you'd like to go back and listen to that, you absolutely can. But just as a recap, you know, when we had, when we had decided on the topic for today's podcast, what to automate, that question can seem fairly straightforward, maybe if you haven't gone through this exercise yet. And as you dig into things, you realize that it may not be as easy as you think. And as Ron mentioned, Yes, you absolutely can automate anything and everything that you'd like, but that, you know, is that really what your team needs? Is that really what your organization needs or not? Uh, And that can be the hard part, right? Figuring out what exactly to automate, not actually the automation. That's the hard part. So we've talked about processes and tasks. Now, processes are the way that you do things, right? So you have defined objectives, the flow. It's your entire process. So think about, you know, um, customer onboarding, for example. That would be your process. Or if you are, uh, you know, hiring, an onboarding a new employee, your, that's your onboarding process. So you have defined objectives, a defined flow, a defined way of handling this, you know, handling problems, handling issues. And processes involve a few things, right? They involve planning. You need to measure your processes and you should have outcomes that come from these processes. Measure all of that. So that's your entire process. Well, in your process, you have a series of tasks. Sometimes tasks can also be referred to as activities or actions, but really you want to think of the tasks as the action, you know, what it is that you're doing. So you are sending out a job rec, then you are reviewing the jobs, then you are, uh, you know, doing the next task in that flow, then you are doing it, you're scheduling an interview, you're bringing the candidate in. Those are all the tasks in that entire hiring process. So you want to, uh, you know, you're performing in action in this task. You're breaking down these tasks sometimes into subtasks. You know, you can you can go to very, very specific levels of granularity. But overall, these tasks should be supporting one or multiple processes and think of tasks as doing. So like I had said, you know, sending an email. Uh, scheduling the appointment for the interview, conducting the interview. And that's a great way to think about processes versus tasks and how to wrap your brain around them. 
Yeah. So when, when people talk about automation, right, and we talk about especially automation of processes, sometimes it's not clear whether we're talking about taking the whole process, like the entire HR process that Kathleen just talked about, or perhaps some payment process, some invoicing process, and taking that whole thing and having a machine do everything. Or we're, we're saying, well, what we really mean by process automation is taking specific tasks out of that process and selectively automating those things. So it's like sort of maybe like partial automation of the process, or it's like a hybrid of automation and human. And we're and so this is kind of where it's never you know very specific. And when people talk about process automation, sometimes they're using it in a very um, glossed over way. And two people may be thinking different things. When I say I'm automating the HR process, one person might be thinking, oh, you're just automating the process of taking um, re- resumes out of email inboxes and putting them into my application tracking system. Well, that's a great use for automation, but that might not be what your HR administrator might think. Well, oh, I thought you were automating the decision process, you know, the hiring process, right? That's a whole other thing, right? So, so when we talk about automation, we like talk about what to automate. The first thing should be like, well, let's focus on the specific things that we are trying to achieve by having a machine either facilitate or augment or replace what the human is doing. And there are certain situations where a machine can do things that is very helpful. Like, you know, for example, if, if we need to be more efficient, like you know, if, a, if a human can only, you know, this process of taking uh, PDF resumes out of a, an email inbox and putting them into an application tracking system, you know, that that's very tedious. That's not really the job of the HR person. You know, they have to, in order to do their job, they have to do that. But that that isn't their job. If I can have a machine do it, I can be much more efficient. If I can save an hour or two a day, you know, I can gain that hour or two a day back, maybe doing interviews or something else, you know, uh, something in the process, right? So that is definitely one opportunity is whenever we see this opportunity for efficiency gain where a machine can clearly do something, then that is a, a win for automation. The second area is that a lot of you know humans, we are not uh, infallible. <laughs> we make mistakes. Um, but even before we make mistakes, just you know humans doing things over and over and over again, we're not really good at repeating the same thing over and over again. Sometimes we forget things. Sometimes we're multitasking. Humans are not that good at multitasking, despite what people will tell you. We're really not that good at keeping two different things in our head at the same time and or get being interrupted by something and then resuming the thing. It actually takes time for us to remember what we were doing. Machines are have no problem repeating the same thing over and over and over again in the exact same way right? Very predictable, right? So, you know, in the, in the, there's like lots of ways that we could focus on, but, you know, those two definitely account for many of the opportunities for automation, but we have a few others that we can focus on as well, besides just, you know, efficiency and repeatability. Exactly. You know, as Ron mentioned, humans are not necessarily great at doing the same thing over and over and over again. So one thing that automation can help with is focusing on reducing errors, and what, where, where is it that humans are making a lot of errors, especially if it's repeatable, and focus on that? Also, we said, you know, machines are really good at doing something over and over and over again. As a human, I need to make sure, you know, it takes me some time, even if I'm copying and pasting. I have to copy it, then I have to paste it, make sure I pasted it in the right format, in the right fields, in, you know, the right whatever. 
I can't necessarily do that fast. Even if I think I'm doing it fast, I'm not doing it nearly as fast as something that I could automate. I mean, you can do that in like split seconds where a human is going to take some more time. So if you're focusing on speed here, these are all great, great candidates for automation. And then also focusing on those four Ds. So we had talked about, you know, if that's dull, demeaning, dirty, dear, dangerous, uh, so different areas, maybe it's not necessarily safe for humans to be doing that. Um, those are great, great areas that you want to focus on so that you can continue to find ways that you can bring automation into whatever it is that your team is working on. Mm-hmm. And, and the 40s are really interesting because it comes out of actually a robotics, like a physical hardware robotics idea. Um, actually originates in Japan as the three Ks, and they're all Japanese words, so I couldn't tell you what they are, but there are three Japanese words that start with the K sound. And the idea was that, well, how do you know when to use a an industrial robot? Well, you know it's like when it's dangerous for a human to be welding or painting inside of a very closed, confined area. That's not a very safe place for a human to be, or the possibility for a human to get into an accident or something bad to happen. Or when it's like, you know, for a human to be, uh, you know, uh, doing these tasks, you know, putting these bolts on, it's just, you know, uh, you know, I can only do like 20 bolts a minute or whatever the, n- the number is, but a machine can do it so much better, so much faster, so much more accurately. And it's funny because those things do apply to software as well. You might thinking, well, what's a dangerous a software activity. Well, the answer is when you're handling people's financial information, when you're handling private data, um, it may not be a good idea for humans to be looking at that data, the possibility of compliance issues, privacy issues, a machine doing it. Well, at least you can guarantee some safety and security in that perspective. So, so it does apply. So, of course, of course, the the question is, it's like, okay, well, well, uh, we didn't really answer. We did kind of answer the question of what to automate generally, you know, efficiency and things like that. But we didn't really answer. Well, well, what should I automate? And that comes down to, well, let's sort of prioritize. Like, are there where? What are the things that are amenable, like to to automation now? The things that would be that if I that if I invested time and money to automate will provide a positive return because that's really what we mean by what to automate, not just what's possible to automate, but what should I automate? Right. And well, in order to do that, we got to ask ourselves a couple of very important questions. <laughs> exactly, and and you know that's really what this podcast today is about: what to automate. Because, you know, you can automate anything, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should. So when you're trying to prioritize what to automate, this is where you need to sit down, especially if you're a team lead, and and talk with your team and make sure that you are asking and really honestly answering these questions. You want to focus on, you know, what is the current cost of the task or process that you are working on? So if we bring it back to that HR activity and it's taking applicants and adding them to a database, you know, what is the current cost of that? Yes, it's incredibly important, right? Because if you're not doing that, then there's no way for you to search it in your internal systems. But does that need to be done by a human? And if the answer is no, that's something that's repeatable. You go to the same site every time. You're pulling it from one area to another. The you know fields don't change very often. Then, okay, that may be a good candidate. You also want to ask yourself, what are the current problems that you're running into? 
it's really important to not make these decisions in a bubble. We talk about this all the time whenever you're working on a project. Get your stakeholders involved. You want to figure out what their current problems are too, right? What are their pain points? If you're working in a bubble, you may make assumptions on what their pain points are, where they can, you know, where they really wish that there was improvement, where they wish there was time savings. And you go about and create all this automation around that. And they go, well, that was great, but I really liked doing that task. And now you just took it away from me and you gave me like five hours of work I really don't like. Don't do that, right? Don't make your team upset. So, so ask, you know, what are the current problems? Then also, as we had talked about earlier, when there's tasks, is this a single task or is this a multi-step task? Are there subtasks in here? This is where it's important that you are mapping out that business process to really look at each task in the process. Super incredibly important, even if you want to kind of skim through this, because that helps you figure out where, where and uh, what you can automate. Also, we, I mean, we have said, you know, it's never a set it and forget it thing. Things can go bad when you do that. You always want to have some sort of human in the loop. You want to be monitoring things. You need to be checking and evaluating. So how much does the human actually need to be in the loop, though, with certain processes? You know, do you feel comfortable maybe for one one particular small task that you can just fully automate it, not have a human in the loop, and go to the next step? That's a decision that you and your team uh, need to make. But you know, really be asking that question, how much does a human need to be in the loop? And then there's a few other questions we should be asking as well. Yeah. And the human in the loop thing is where a lot of even big tech companies have gotten into trouble. And, you know, there are certain things where you don't need a human in the loop to like be taking uh, this example we keep using, you know, PDFs out of email inboxes and putting them into applicant tracking systems. There's really the human is literally doing the exact same thing machine is doing. And the current problems you're solving is an efficiency problem or a speed problem, whatever the whatever the real problems are. And and you're solving that that sort of problem. But when a machine is making a decision, let's say a machine is making a decision about is this candidate somebody that we should interview or who should be interviewing the candidate <clears throat> or perhaps matching the candidate up to a specific job or whatever it is, that's when you need to start thinking about, well, yes, I can have a machine speed things up, make things more efficient, maybe make a first thing, but there should always be some human in the loop. And even big tech companies are making mistakes here. We talked about this actually in a previous podcast episode where big tech companies have been you know, banning accounts and turning off systems or shutting down financial payment systems or you know, closing people's you know, you know, YouTube accounts because an, automa- because an algorithm uh, has been making a decision. And the reason for the algorithm is because it is not possible for a human to be watching every video, looking at every financial transaction. But what they did is unfortunately remove the human entirely out of the loop. So that means that there is no possibility for the for, for a human overstate. There's no appeal, there's no practical appeals process, et cetera, et cetera. So the other questions that we should ask beyond those questions are: well, of course, how much does would it cost to automate this process or this task that we are doing? If it costs more than the financial return, clearly it's a negative win there, right? We shouldn't do that. Right. Hopefully, please don't. Very important. <laughs> and, then, and then also, I mean, we'll talk a little about this too. It's sometimes it's not just you're automating at once. You know, uh, one of the questions you may ask is like, well, if this task keeps changing, do I have to continue to come back and re-automate this task? And if and if I know that it changes every month, then I'm like, oh, I'm making this investment every month and I have to think about that, right? 
And on the flip side, it's sort of like, well, what is the cost? What happens if the uh, automation goes wrong, right? You know, this uh, thing about uh, taking um, resumes out of the uh, uh, inbox. Well, what does it mean if the automation goes wrong? Well, maybe it misses a couple resumes, so their 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 emails that are received it doesn't take it, or maybe it it puts it in the wrong place, right? And you can ask these questions. You know, be really critical. Well, what happens if it gets wrong? Is there a high cost to that failure? In this particular example, not a huge cost. And we might think, well, actually, maybe this is now an opportunity to put the human back in the loop. Remember how we said, well, in this process of taking the email out of the inbox, we don't really need the human, but maybe the human should just check to make sure that there aren't any resumes that are stuck in the inbox that have not been put in the system. So it's really maybe more of a daily uh, management oversight, right? So even in that case, the human might still be needed in the loop. And so when you think about all these things, this, this sort of impacts some situation will be like, it'll be a very obvious and we'll talk about this next, it'll be a very obvious win that yes, automating this gives me the efficiency I want or the speed I want or the reliability I want. The cost is much less. The cost of automation is much less than my current cost of operation. Uh, the risks of failure are manageable and I've put in place some process for thinking about managing those risks. And then of course the task, it doesn't change so frequently that I have to continuously reinvest. Those are going to be the, when you answer those questions, it becomes now very obvious, like, yes, I should, you know, there's no guarantee of success, but it is a good indicator that that is a good place to start. So let's talk about starting. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, we keep saying this question is asked, this podcast is asking the question what to automate. Initially, maybe you may be saying, well, you know, start with the most easy thing to automate first, right? Let's just start with that low-hanging fruit. When you're thinking of tasks, we, we, you know, just laid out a bunch of questions that you should be asking when you're thinking of what tasks to automate and, you know, how to go about approaching that. But you want to really also be focusing on those tedious and redundant activities that you and your team perform regularly. They need to be happening you know, be happening in order to keep things going. They are done in a repeatable way though. And you determine how much repeatability that means, but it should be a lot of repeatability, right? If you have process exceptions every time, that's not a repeatable task. Um, Those are good candidates for automation. So when we think about that, we go, okay, right. Well, like, let's just think about what those low hanging fruit opportunities are for me and my team. Sometimes it's that quick and easy, you know, and that can be the right tasks to start with. Think about if you're saving time or money, you know, what kind of ROI, if you're getting a really good ROI, then that can be a quick win. If you're improving reliability, that can be a quick win. If you're removing human bottleneck, some processes just have a lot of bottlenecks that are in place that you may not have seen until you've mapped out that entire process. Once you've mapped it out, you're like, wow, there's all these bottlenecks that are going on because it needs to run through one person. And that one person can't possibly do all of this approvals that they get on a daily basis. No wonder they're a week backlogged, right? And it doesn't stop. Well, if you're removing those human bottlenecks, that can also be a quick win for automation tasks. But sometimes that, you know, what you perceive as low hanging fruit and some of those quick and easy uh, quote unquote wins actually can be the wrong thing to start with. You sometimes, you know, we said, well, you have these bottlenecks that you're creating. Sometimes bottlenecks aren't a good thing, but sometimes depending on how bad of a bottleneck it is, it's okay. 
Because if you're automating it and you're speeding up that part of the process, you're just pushing the problem down somewhere else. And maybe that that team needs uh, you know, an extra amount of time. This is why you're mapping out your process, right? Because you really need to see the entire process. You need to see all the teams, all the groups that it affects. It's not just your team. So how is automating your team's tasks going to affect the larger picture here? Also, when you're going through this, this whole entire process, it's really important to be critical and look at everything that you're doing and say, does this actually need to be done? And if it needs to be done, can I automate it? Just because you're doing it doesn't mean that you need to still do it. And don't automate those tasks that then you don't need to do. Even if you're like, well, it takes two hours for an employee to do, I can automate it and it takes five minutes. That, you know, if you're just kind of looking at processes can look like low hanging fruit, but really you're just automating a task that you didn't need to do to begin with. And you're taking all this time and resources to do it. So think about that. Uh, Also, you know, it's really important to think about how much the human does need to be in the loop, right? We talked about this now. uh, we've, We've talked about this on multiple podcasts. We talked about it a little on this podcast, but if you don't realize how much a human really needs to be in the loop, you just think and assume that they don't need to be, but you're not talking to the stakeholders. You're not talking to the people that are actually doing it. Then maybe the humans need to be in the loop more than you think, and you're automating that task and you're just creating you know, inefficient automations that people need to go back and look at. And when we had talked about, you know, really be critical and really be honest with your team and yourself and say, are there really exceptions to my, uh, you know, activity that I'm continually doing? Or is it done in a very reliable and repeatable way? Because when exceptions are more the rule than the outlier, that's not a good candidate for automation. That probably means a human needs to be in the loop. Maybe you can approach this with something that's not automation to help you, but that uh, automation is not going to be a good candidate if it's done different every single time. Yeah. So when you hear the term, um, we want to automate something, low-hanging fruit, it's going to be quick and easy. The answer is maybe. <laughs> it's not a hard yes or a hard no. The answer is, well, it's maybe. And you get, if you can answer these other questions, then you'll know that that's good. It's not the, the fact that the fruit is hanging low is not because it's rotten fruit. <laughs> it happens to be like, you know, because if you were looking at it, you'd be like, yeah, I know this is the lowest fruit on the branch, but if I pick it, I'm not going to want to eat it because it's like, you know, all or rotten. Flies in it. You know, you guys aren't seeing slide here, but like we had, there's a, there's, you know, famous uh, painting of, of course, Adam, you know, baby Adam, actually, I don't know why. Adam's baby, but you know, pick getting fruit from the Garden of Eden. Of course, it turns out that probably was not the right choice of fruit at that particular time. Um, but like, you know, that's a good parable for us to be thinking about, which is that sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And just having that that critical eye will be helpful. And you know, hey, if you can get a quick win and the quick win is truly durable and it helps the organization be more effective, be faster, be more responsible, be more reliable, be more resilient to change, everybody will win. And there's lots of examples of that. Now, kind of where we are right now, part of the reason why we're talking about automation, because you're like, wait a second, guys, Kathleen, Ron, isn't the title of your podcast AI Today? It's not automation today. Why are you even talking about automation? What does this have to do with AI? And first, I'll be like, that's a really good question because automation and AI are not the same thing. Automation is about repetitiveness and it is about putting the machine where the human was. But 
you know, for a long, for a lot of people see automation as part of this continuous journey to making systems more intelligent, because if there's a human in the loop that's performing a task, well, it's the human providing all the intelligence, right? But if you can get a machine to do what a human, what a human was doing, then there's possibility of introducing more intelligence and making it work. One of the sort of unfortunate things that we've seen in the industry is that a lot of these companies that are focused on automation, they have seen the light around AI, but their products are still fundamentally focused on automation. And of course, it's not just seeing the light around AI, it's actually seeing the venture capital money, which is the real light, the green, you know, around <laughs> AI. And, and they've sort of been positioning themselves as companies that have been producing something. So of course, you may have heard the term robotic process automation. And that is, is often considered people we talk to who are doing AI projects, they're also doing automation projects. A lot of times it's the same people. It's a lot of the same teams. Your team leaders, I bet you're thinking about automation in addition to thinking about AI. But as we know, and as we, as we just talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, Process automation doesn't think what you, what you, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It's not just about, we're not usually talking about automating a whole process. We're usually talking about automating some task. And actually, more specifically, the word robotics throws us off because we, I don't know why we think of robotics as, as smart things, but robots are really all about repetition. Robot, the industrial robot, the whole reason for its existence was to perform a repetitive weld or some other repetitive task, assembly task, or moving something from one place to another. It's not about intelligence. As a matter of fact, you don't want intelligence in that situation. You want it to be reliable and repetitive. So we kind of like say, well, cross out robotic process automation, replace it with repetitive task automation, and you're probably closer. But even that is not really identifying what these vendors are doing, because they're not just doing repetitive tasks. They're really more specifically focused on software workflow tasks. So these are processes, but they don't mean any process. They really mean like a software process. And even more specifically, they don't even really mean any software process. They really mean, I mean, nine times out of 10, not 100%, maybe 99%, they really mean automating the user interface. That's what they really mean. So if we had to cross out RPA, we could just say RPA, what these vendors are, they're really user interface automation using software bots. So, the, so take the word row out of bot and just say, I'm creating a bot to automate the user interface. And that's useful if I have a repetitive user interface task. So if I have a repetitive user interface task that happens in software, right? Then I can use a bot to repeat that user interface task so that the human doesn't have to do it and therefore, I can gain all the benefits of efficiency and reliability. Nothing wrong with RPA, but let's just call it user interface automation. And I think we'll all be on the same page. But of course, terminology gets even weirder from there, doesn't it? I know. And I think that that's also where I, if your team has not done an RPA project yet, or it has and hasn't been successful, um, or even if it has, you know, but you're looking to do more, it helps you to understand what it can do, what its limitations are, and how it's best applied. And that's where this is really important. Um, you know, I, I mean, we've spent time on this podcast and previous podcasts talking about and defining what's a process versus what's a task. Using that word in RPA, robotic process automation, uh, sometimes can trip people up as well. And that's really, you know, why we would prefer that it was called something else. Uh, as Ron mentioned, 
the UI automation makes a lot of sense, right? User interface. What is the user doing and how can you automate that? So think about repetitive human user interface tasks. What do you or someone on your team do that's repetitive with a user interface that that you can do? And then you want to add value to the human. So if you are in customer service and you have a, you know, somebody has a phone call, how can you add value to that human with an RPA bot? That, you know, think of the attended bot where something kicks off once they are, you know, if they're on a phone call, it kind of just helps, helps them work through that phone call. Uh, And then what kind of integration between multiple systems where API is not easy or possible? You know, a lot of people talk about RPA as band-aid solutions where you have different systems that don't interact with each other. It's really hard to get them to communicate. You know, those APIs are just not possible. So RPA allows those systems to talk to each other and to interact without you having to build everything from scratch all over again. Does that totally fix the problem? No, but it helps. So you think about, well, a human would have to go in there and and do that. But now we're having the bot go in there and do that. So it's able to replace that, that, you know, um, tasks really that the human is doing, right? Those UI tasks where APIs and other systems just won't work. It's really not easily possible. And RPA is just going to be a cheaper, better solution. Yeah. I mean, and those are really three solid reasons. I mean, honestly, we don't have a problem with these technology vendors. I don't have, I'm not going to name any of them, but they're all basically doing these UI automation tasks with software bots. And hey, they're not fooling anybody. There's a reason why these companies have been literally selling billions of dollars worth of software. I mean, uh, you know, in some cases <laughs> they're they're being useful. In some cases they're not. But uh, but a lot of times they are being useful, right? And and yeah, if you got some repetitive you know UI task, or if you need some machine to do something while you're doing something else, or hey, look, I just got to get these systems to talk to each other, and the only other way to do it is to go through the user interface. Bots are pretty good at that, you know, screen scraping, you know, things like that. These are all very useful things. The problem is, I think, sort of the the press, the venture capital community, the good old analyst community, which doesn't really exist anymore, by the way. But basically, you know, they're they're starting to come up with new terms because they want it to seem sexier than it is. User interface automation just doesn't doesn't seem like it should be worth. Uh, multiple billions of dollars. But, um, you know, hey, nothing wrong with that. So like, you know, I couldn't even really honestly tell you what the term hyper automation truly means. And I don't even think the vendors could either. If you get them on the phone call, say, well, what is the real difference? And the answer is nothing. It just, it just you know, it creates the idea that it's, it's more than something else. So we just tell you, our listeners, the team leaders here, kind of forget what things are called and focus on what they do. And what they do is still fundamentally useful. This idea of automation, automation has always been useful. And if we can automate these repetitive human tasks, reduce our, our errors, increase our efficiency, speed things up, you know, provide some, you know, even governance and compliance, you know, automate things, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And once we have these software bots doing what humans were doing, then we can try to make those bots be even more intelligent. And well, there is a roadmap. There is a way for us to get there. And so this is not the end of the destination. It's not either automation or intelligence. It's really this continuum of of automation to intelligence. And we could talk about the fact that, well, maybe, uh, well, we'll talk about that right now. Like, you know, it's, it's about the journey, right? 
Exactly. And we have been saying that on all of our Automation to Intelligence podcasts, that it really is the journey, not the destination. Sometimes you don't need to have fully autonomous, intelligent, you know, uh, systems or tasks or whatever it is that that you're working on. That's why we're calling it a journey. And there's a roadmap involved with it. So So we have the Automation to Intelligence Roadmap Development Workshop, because this is meant to be hands-on. This is meant to be for teams. This is meant to be, you know, really customized for you, for your team, for your project. And how do you start with automation and work your way up those different levels of intelligence on this roadmap. You may never get to fully intelligent, like we said, and that's okay because maybe that's not what you're looking for. So we encourage our listeners to to join this workshop if you're interested. In addition to that, we've heard from many of you and we always love when you reach out to us. So as I had mentioned earlier, you can subscribe so you can get all of our episodes, listen to all previous episodes and all future episodes, subscribe to AI Today podcast. And also you can always reach out to us. We love to hear from our listeners. One thing that we have heard is you'd like a little bit more interaction. So we are we have a webinar. We have a lessons learned from automation success webinar, and we encourage you to sign up for that. You can go to aitoday.live slash automation. So aitoday.live slash automation, and it will take you directly to the link to register for the upcoming webinar. In here, we're going to be discussing these topics in a little bit more detail, but it's really your your opportunity to have a facilitated Q&A, your opportunity to ask questions, have some real engagement and interaction. We'll be talking about what automation is all about, why do you automate, the differences in automation. We had talked on one of our previous podcasts, there's differences between hardware and software automation. It's important to understand that not every organization is going to have hardware automation. Not every organization is going to have software automation. Maybe you have a combination of both. What's the differences? Um, you know, how do you look at that? And also reasons to automate. We've talked about, you know, what's the ROI, specific questions you need to ask, and really make sure that automation is the right solution for you, how to go about identifying and really honestly asking those questions, working as a team to get that done. So We would love for our listeners to join us on that, to have more interaction. We understand sometimes podcasts are one-way interactions, so we love when it's two ways with webinars. Again, you can go to aitoday.live to register for that. And as always, uh, like I said, subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So uh, as mentioned, you know, uh, join us aitoday.live slash automation. We'll actually take you to our very next webinar. There's a reason why this is a live webinar that we're going to have, but there's a reason why I'm not telling you what date it is. (laughs) That's because you might be listening to this podcast. I don't know when. Well, we know we're we're, we're recording this podcast in April of 2022, but odds are you might be listening to this in May and June, July, August. Hey, you may even be listening to this in 2023, 2024. So, hey, tell us from the future what what we missed about 2022, because this is going to be a really interesting year. I can tell you that. But if you go to that um, link, it'll actually take you, take you to the very next live webinar that we are doing. And that means that, yes, we are doing this on a regular basis. So don't be afraid like you've missed something. Like you look at the record date of this podcast and be like, oh, 
this was recorded like six months ago. This I can't join this webinar. That's that's not true. We are we are going to do this this webinar. We want to interact with you. We are serious about this automation to intelligence journey. This is not a flash in the pan. Uh, we're going to be talking about automation and intelligence probably for decades. So uh, you know we will be around. I don't know if AI today will be around in twenty years, but you know hey, if podcasts are still a thing in twenty years, then we will be probably doing podcasts in 20 years. So um, so anyway, I just wanted to make that note for those of you that that might be thinking about webinar, which you which we know you all know about, you team leaders, you've probably done a million webinars in your life. So uh, join us, please, especially if you are a team leader. This really is for team leaders. I just want to point this out. The reason why we keep saying team leader, maybe we haven't used that term in previous podcasts, is because we, need, we have somebody in mind. When we're doing these podcasts, you have to have somebody in mind. We love all of you listeners. Trust me, we don't want you all leaving our pockets. We love all of you folks who are working in industry, the vendors, the folks who may be academics and you know people who are learning about AI and automation as part of their, their own personal uh, education journeys or maybe part of their job tangentially, or they just have an interest in it. But a lot of you know the, the people that we want to make these topics useful for, the, the folks who are going to be putting this stuff into practice, <laughs> whether you're it's at your bank or at your you know retail organization or wherever, those are the team leaders that need to do it the right way. Because don't you want folks doing it the right way? We sure do. So um, all of you team leaders, please join us. We want you on there. We want to give you the best practices. And, you know, this is sound like a telethon, but, you know, hey, uh, I, I think it's really very important uh, to communicate that message. And we will continue to communicate that message. Exactly. So listeners, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.